If you worry about what other people think, soon enough, you will be on the sidelines of your life. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Women Show, where we bring you top-notch guests from around the globe, sharing with you tips, strategies to improve your life, your business, or your leadership so you can live rich from the inside out. Today, my special guest is Maureen Vincenti, and she's a transformational health coach, and she spent the past 17 years researching optimal health, fitness, and preventative well-being. She's dedicated her life to helping people live better lives, and not just by losing weight, but by increasing energy, vitality, and reversing various chronic illnesses in achieving lasting hope, health, and happiness. Please welcome Maureen to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. You know, um, we met at the New Media Summit with Steve Olsher, um, September 2019, and we actually connected in the lineup at Starbucks. Well, it was it was a Starbucks, or it was in the lobby of the hotel um, before I heard you speak on stage and you know talk to the icons about what you do and you have a very fascinating story so i'd love to kick off this podcast with you just sharing um what led you to the work that you're doing today yeah yeah we did we had some fun in the line there (laughs) (laughs) it was such a great event um yeah what started this whole journey for me was my mother well I've, i've always been obsessed with science i should say that you know my dad had telescopes growing up as a kid. I think I knew the planets in their orbit before I knew colors. And so I was just always a science geek like he was. And I got into UCLA really thinking I wanted to be a traditional ND. So I was on the pre-med track and taking all of my my classes and stuff. And then my the end of my freshman year, my mother was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. And she had the genetic testing done and it was negative. So that really shocked our entire family. Like her mother is 96 to this day, just as she she likes to call it, the foundation's cracking, but the electrical wiring is still good. She's sharp (laughs) as a fact. And her mother lived to 97 years old. So this was the first kind of crack at mortality in my family. And my mother was so, you know, thin, flight attendant traveled all over. So I got obsessed with that point with nutritional therapy, preventive medicine, environmental cause of disease, and started to go down this rabbit hole because I thought, you know, my mother doesn't have cancer because she's deficient in chemotherapy. It might help. I wanted to know why she got it in the first place because I wanted to try to save her and then ultimately me and my sister. She ended up passing a few years later. um, And I was just so disheartened with the medical industry with them being very symptom-based and not really preventative. So I kind of went off the beaten path and ended up getting my degree in astrophysics and geology and worked for NASA and the EPA and, you know, got my scientific geek on with planets and rocks instead of the human body for work. 
but I was still really obsessed with all this stuff on the side. And then I actually ended up getting all sorts of my own health issues in my twenties and, Mm -hmm. you know, gaining weight and just feeling really depressed and cold all the time. And I kept going to the doctor and they said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. All your labs are fine. And I thought, I just don't feel well. Finally, later on in my twenties, I got diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition, which is so common, especially for women. Mm -hmm. But they said, oh, it's, don't worry about it. It's normal. Eventually we'll just take your thyroid out and increase your meds. You're fine. And I just broke down at that point. And I thought, I know enough about the human body to know there's got to be something I can do from a nutrition and lifestyle standpoint to, to heal my body, to help me feel better and to Mm -hmm. be fitter and more vital. So I just used my own body as a science experiment basically for the last 17 years and kept collecting additional degrees and certifications and training and nutrition. I mean, I'm such a nerd. My idea of a good time on Friday night is studying autoimmune and gut health with my cats and a cup of tea. Like I love this stuff. Um, and so I finally, four years ago, left my, my day job and figured out how to be an entrepreneur so I could really do this for other people full time and pursue my passion, which the whole time has really been the health and wellness component. So I just feel really grateful now to be able to do it for other people. So that's very powerful to demonstrate to people that, you know, you're not just born an entrepreneur, that you can teach yourself to be one. And there's many things that ignite the passion inside of you. And uh, watching people grow and step into that purpose is just the amazing thing to watch. So when you're thinking about your clients, what are some of the things that they tend to come to you for? When you know you you have your experience, you've you've done this research, you have wide variety, you know certifications and everything. But what do they traditionally come to you for? Weight loss. Yeah, and it it's been really interesting, actually. Like you said, with the support, and you learn how to be an entrepreneur. So it's such a blessing now with online and different types of coaching. You know, I coach people in health but I've needed coaches with business, you know, cause I thought, Oh, what do I do with all this stuff? I don't know. Online marketing and funnels and this and branding, this is a whole new world. Yeah. Um, and so I always in the beginning would get so excited about all the other things that I could help people heal with. Like, Oh, do you have a thyroid problem? Do you have gut issues? You know, and people's eyes are just glazing over. So my business coaches and stuff say, well, what do they want? I'm like, oh, mm. that's, a, <laughs> that's a good thing. So I'd yeah. look back at all the intake forms and I'd say about 99% of people that I've had the pleasure of working with, their number one goal was weight loss. And then a nice bonus is their arthritis went away, other things, migraines. A lot of times I found these people don't even realize all these other things are going on with them because we get mm-hmm. so used to feeling a certain way. Sometimes yeah. it's not until you feel better, you look back and you think, gosh, I, I didn't even realize that I was a six on a scale of one to 10 because now I feel like a 10, you know, yeah. so it's weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fascinating. You know, I, I hear about people, you know, that's the number one thing that they generally go to a health coach for, you know, and they might have high blood pressure, diabetes, or they're on a number of medications or anxiety or depression. But when they start, you know, working with someone, they can start seeing more clearly what some of the root causes of those symptoms are. Um, 
I'm curious though, do you find it's the food that people have? Is it sugar? Like we hear a lot about sugar, you know, what are some of the things that you see that are quick things, quick fixes that people can be doing to really improve their health? Yeah, that's such a great question. So I would say, especially in, you know, Western societies, people are so busy. They're on the go all the time. You know, we're not sitting down to meals anymore. We're not making a lot of our own food. So a lot of these grab and go things or even just the stuff in the normal markets, you know, in the last 60 years. So the one thing I really like to, to tell people in the beginning is just because you can chew and swallow something, don't mistake it for a food. There's oh, a difference between like a food and an edible consumer product. Right. So if people can just have that in and of itself in their brain, you know, there are some things in packages and boxes that are whole food ingredients and a little bit better for the body, but making that distinction, like eat a food. If it grew in the ground or had a face at some point, you're off to a good start. You know, there was no cheese it tree or Captain Crunch Bush. You know? So the body just doesn't really know what to do with that kind of stuff in order to to build the body. Because every time you eat something, you're causing a physiological reaction in the body. It's either positive or negative. Food is that powerful. So when you think of, you know, we hear a lot about mindful eating. What are the three things that you would tell people to think about when they're moving toward that mindful eating or really paying attention, you know, like the chocolate bar is one of those edible consumers or versus, you know, kale salad, you know, what, what helps someone be more mindful about the choices that they make every day, but also when they're picking up that fork? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you mentioned chocolate, dark chocolate actually can be really healthy in small amounts and the antioxidants. So I would say the first thing is for people to just read the ingredients. A lot of times we think, oh, this is healthy because we were really susceptible to marketing and labeling and things like that. But when I have clients start to actually flip things over and read the ingredients, I mean, they're shocked that there's red number 40 in something that's supposedly healthier, a protein bar. So, you know, there's chocolate out there that if you read the ingredients, the ingredients are cocoa powder, you know, an organic sugar that's very minimal and that's it. And then there's other chocolate bars you flip over and it's high fructose corn syrup and this and dry fat milk powder and then 18 other preservatives you've never heard of. So it's really about the quality of the ingredients and just having mm -hmm. that awareness. I would just encourage everyone to play a little game and say, okay, everything I'm going to put in my mouth tomorrow before I eat it, I'm going to read the ingredients if it came out of a, a box or a package. And then yeah. the second thing too is to just sit down and enjoy your meal. Try not to eat watching TV or eat in the car, eat on the road. I actually always tell people that weight loss and maintaining your weight has less to do with calories than people think. Mm. Our bodies are really not a calculator. They're thermostats. It's all hormonal functions. So it's the hormonal effect that food has on your body, not necessarily the calories. That's why a lot of these point systems don't really work long-term, mm -hmm. you know, where you can, oh, I can eat whatever I want as long as I starve myself all day so I can have the cake for dinner and the points. And if you're reacting to gluten or dairy or the sugar in it, you know, you can, you're not going to really lose weight that way. Mm -hmm. So sitting down, having the awareness, keeping a food log. And there's these studies they've done in Europe about 
I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you've been on vacation and you can kind of eat a lot more than you normally would have in Europe and you're walking, it doesn't seem to negatively affect you the same way. And they talk about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system that's engaged. So you're actually in a more relaxed state, you're enjoying your meal, you're eating more slowly, your digestive system's working properly and your hormones. So the same meal has a different metabolic effect on vacation than it does commuting to work every day. That's very interesting. I've never thought about that, but I can, I can see, you know, completely where that comes from. You know, having the nerves going, you know, I've got to grab something on the go and I'm eating and you're not paying attention, basically shoving it in. And then about an hour later, you wonder why you're hungry mm -hmm. and you don't even remember if you ate or not. So that's, that's not very helpful. <laughs> You know, but it is fascinating, like when it comes to that mindful eating and people, I think they forget that we ha can make those mindful choices from moment to moment about what we're actually putting in our mouth. Um, several years ago, I was curious about learning about, because I don't believe in diets, but I was very curious with having a healthcare background myself of understanding these elimination diets for inflammation. Mm. So I experimented, right? You know, 10, what it was seven days, eliminate these seven foods. And I realized that I wasn't sensitive to anything. I could eat everything. Um, but what it, when I was starting to look at the labels, I have to tell you, I was quite surprised, especially when it came to salad dressings. Mm -hmm. Looking at some of the ingredients that are in there, because I was supposed to have no corn, no sugar, you know, no soy. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's soy in everything. <laughs> you know, so many things. And there was um, hidden sugars and corn syrups. And I was just amazed at how reading the label and really understanding what's in the ingredients makes such a difference. Yeah. So you did the ingredient test already. See, it is, it is really shocking. And there's so many of these, you know, protein bars out there mm. people think, oh, I'm grabbing a snack. I go to the gym. If you flip over a Snickers bar and look at the ingredients and the amount of sugar, added sugar and carbohydrates and total calories relative to so many of these other healthy protein bars, the Snickers bar is actually the healthier option. Candy bars are actually healthier than so many of these other things. And so wow. I found a lot of people that hire me, there's one, some just really don't know. They have no clue. And yeah. others are just so frustrated because they, are, they have the best of intentions. They think they've tried everything, but they're just operating under misinformation, mm -hmm. really. So I think if, if for all your listeners, if they want a really fun documentary to watch, one documentary I have everyone watch the first week they work with me is called That Sugar Film. That's the name of it. It's those three words. It's confusing. That Sugar Film. And I know it's for free on Prime Video. Okay. I don't know where else they can watch it, but it's hysterical and it goes over a lot of that. The problems with sugar in the diet, um, hidden sugars and everything. He even starts at one point in the documentary pouring sugar on top of his chicken as he's eating it. That would be the equivalent amount of teaspoons in like a barbecue sauce or something. So you have this visual. Um, wow. But it's really good. It's, <laughs> I'm uh, have it's to check that one. out. Yeah, you'll really like it. Let me know what you think about it after you yeah. watch it. So we talk a lot about mindset on the Millionaire Woman Show. 
And mm -hmm. I know a lot of health has to do with mindset. What is the one of the limiting beliefs that you have um, seen that your clients go through as they're moving through that transformation process, even though, you know, I've come to you for weight loss, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's a cleansing effect mm -hmm. and there's a mindset shift that occurs. I'd love for you to touch on that. Yeah, that's such a great question. I think the number one thing that I coach people through in the beginning is this fear that they're going to be miserable forever once they make these changes. Because mm -hmm. in the beginning, when you're saying, okay, we need to eliminate certain things, you know, it sounds like you didn't have a problem with certain things, but I get a lot of people that also have some autoimmunity and things where it's like, you get to, you get to be gluten-free forever. Like I am, I have celiac disease. It is what it is, but right. there's replacements for everything. But I think they get stuck in this fear of, I'm always going to have these cravings. They're never going to go away. I'm going to be this social pariah. You know, I'm never going to be able to enjoy my life again or go on vacation. And I don't think they realize how quickly the cravings actually go away and how the body adapts and starts craving new food. Like they really fall in love with the new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and, and it usually only takes about 21 days. So I think, I think it's just allowing the brain to adjust and to, to have people give themselves the opportunity to see the transformation. And then once they start feeling and looking better, I mean, that just propels them forward even more. But I see a lot of people afraid to take that first step because the misery they feel in that moment in the beginning with the fear of the unknown, they assume it's going to last forever. And so they never give themselves the opportunity. And I would yeah. say most people are 30 days away from completely transforming their own health and they never give themselves the chance to find out. That's powerful. You know, that 30 days, it's, it's not a lot. It goes mm -hmm. by very quickly. And uh, as you were sharing your story, it made me think of growing up there, you know, I grew up Catholic and, you know, we have this Lenten period before Easter. And I remember saying, I'm giving up soda pop. I'm giving up soda. I'm giving up pop for, for Lent. And at the end of those 40 days, my mom gave me a two liter bottle of pop as this good for you, you've sacrificed this, right? And I, t I couldn't drink it. I couldn't drink it. It was too sweet. It was too strong. So I, I know from my own personal experience, when you can eliminate something, and I know people get scared about the word eliminate, because it's almost been like a best friend or something that comforts them. But to let that go you no longer have that taste or that affiliation for that. Yeah, that's, I have a similar story with soda, actually. My mom raised us on diet soda and I was addicted. I used to go to AMPM, which are those convenience stores we have in California and refill it for a dollar. And same thing, I quit for 30 days, I think it was. Yeah. And when I went back to try it again, I was so excited and I spit it out. It tasted like Windex or something. Like I had opened yeah. up the cabinet below the kitchen, <laughs> grabbed some cleaner and just started drinking it. I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. Yeah. So it's, it's exactly right. Your, your, your taste buds adjust, things change, you know? And I even noticed like aspartame, 
is something that I can get a headache very quickly and I can taste it so quickly in a food. I'll be like, okay, there's aspartame in this. And then I flip the label and I'm like, yep, done. Because mm. that's how sensitive you can be when something is not meant for your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had similar stories from clients, you know, the same thing they've tried after 30 days, you know, to reintroduce certain things. And they just, gosh, it doesn't, it was more of this mental excitement. I tried it. I didn't even like it like a bread or something else that was their favorite food. And they really craved other things or they really liked the way it tasted, but they actually felt awful the next day. <laughs> you know, they thought, gosh, that really wasn't worth it. I have people say, am I never going to be able to eat cake again? I said, mm -hmm. of course you can. But what you're going to realize by the time we're done working together is how foods make you feel, positive or negative. So you get to make these decisions from a place of empowerment and knowing your body, and you get to decide, is it worth it? You might know that cake makes you have a little bit of a headache and kind of bloated the next day. So for your kid's wedding, the wedding cake, that's probably, and it's worth a piece of cake. But that sheet cake at your office for that person that you hate three times a week for their birthday, that might not be an is it worth a piece of cake anymore. Yeah. You know? So that's, yeah. that goes back to the mindfulness piece too that you were talking about. You mm -hmm. know, mindful eating, knowing how your body feels. And then really I teach people how to have their body work with them versus feeling like it's working against them. I think a lot of people feel like they are at war with their body and don't really know how to work with it. And I think, you know, just to add on to that, I think that people are so busy, you know, that buzzword busy, that they don't stop and pay attention because the body is always telling you something mm -hmm. where that pain is, where that ache is, when you're hungry, when you're thirsty, you know, and I think because they're moving from one activity to the next, they're, they're not paying attention to what their body is telling them, what their body needs. Absolutely. I think we just kind of learn to tune it out over time. We're not really connected. Mm -hmm. So you start to be able to hear the body communicate with you more at a whisper instead of a scream, because it'll get your attention eventually, you know, if you don't listen. Yeah. So what do you do to help set your clients up for that 30 days of success? Is there anything like a part of a system that you help move them through so that they realize that they can, they can do it? Yeah. So I teach, uh, all my programs are based on what I call the five pillars of optimal health. So it's nutrition, exercise, mindset, and stress management, the third one, sleep, and then joy. About 90% of what I do with people is nutrition because I believe it's 90% of how you look and feel. And we start there because if you just try to start with prayer and meditation, all those things are great but food's a majority of it. So if you don't start there and you're not hormonally balanced from the inside out, it's like pushing a boulder uphill. <laughs> it's just going to be a struggle. Yeah. So in the beginning, it's really, okay, what do you eat now? Where are we? Where are we going to go? And then setting them up for success within their lifestyle. So it's customizing it to, are you an entrepreneur? Are you on the road all the time? Are you a salesperson? Do you have to entertain a lot with these business meetings? So it's like, how do we make you to make the choices for your body in these environments so it's maintainable. Because anyone can do a diet for 30, 60, 90 days, but if it's not adjusted to your lifestyle, to your needs, it's, it's not gonna be a long-term thing. So it's me figuring out what they need to be successful and then giving them the tools to operate within that. you know. And then 
allowing them to break down a little bit and reach out to me and figure it out and ultimately fall in love with the process. I think that's really where the magic happens. Once we have the nutrition on board, some people are great sleepers. We never need to talk about sleep. For some people, it's their Achilles heel, you know, so Mm -hmm. we dive straight into sleep hygiene and all sorts of other things, you know, exercise, the mindset, meditation, all important. So how does food impact sleep? I'm really curious about that. So one of the first things when people say, oh, I have, I'm really bad insomnia. I wake up every night. I said, oh, is it two or three in the morning? Oh my gosh, how did you know? Blood sugar issue. Right. It's a blood sugar issue. So they're, they're a little bit hypoglycemic. They're way too high in sugar and carbohydrates is their diet. So they're constantly on a blood sugar roller coaster all day. They eat, they feel better. They get hangry two or three hours later. They reach for the coffee. They reach for the this, whatever. They go to bed. Well, the same thing's happening in the middle of the night. It's really hard to sleep on a roller coaster. <laughs> Your body crashes from low blood sugar again, and it, it literally wakes you up because it needs, it's trying to get balanced out again. Mm-hmm. So it's really pulling the sugars out of that person's diet, teaching their body to be more fat adapted and run off of a cleaner burning fuel. And then all of a sudden they start sleeping like babies. So what instigates the late night snacking then? Is it the same type of thing about the blood, blood sugars? Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Most, th- most things. The body is really a hybrid vehicle. It can run off of fat and it can run off of sugar. We actually come out of the womb running on fat. When we breastfeed, we are still in a fat adapted state. Mm-hmm. And then we just start inundating our bodies with way too many carbohydrates for optimal health as soon as we can start eating. And so it, it, it's very easy to teach the body to run more on a fat, which is, think of it as like a, a log on a campfire versus sugar, which is kindling. Burns mm-hmm. hot really quickly and then goes out. You have to keep stoking that fire with kindling. So if you're fat adapted, you can easily go six to eight hours between meals and feel great, still have amazing cognitive function. And if you're sugar adapted, you have to eat every two or three hours or someone's going to die. The hangry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, beware when someone's hangry. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the strategies you help people with when it comes to that stress management so they can find that life of joy? Yeah. So one of my favorite things is there's this app called Insight Timer. A lot of people I think are really intimidated with meditation if they've never done it before, they think, oh gosh, I can't just sit alone and quiet for 60 minutes and not think about anything. (laughs) So there are some people that are gifted meditation and can do that. And that's great. But five minutes a day is really powerful. And so the app Insight Timer, I have people download, it's free, has like 300,000 different meditations on it. You can filter by amount of time you have, keyword search, male voice, female voice, background music, no background music. And I tell them just first thing when you get up in the morning, just lie there and listen to it. They're guided. And I think a lot of people don't understand how meditation works Mm long-term. And so I explained it as, let's say you have 60 pounds to lose. You eat one healthy meal. You might not lose 60 pounds right away, but you might feel a little bit better after that meal. You string enough of those together for a period of time, you're going to lose the weight. And so I have found that meditation works the same way as it rewires hormones and part of the brain. It's having someone just consistently do it over time 
that they start to notice things that maybe used to stress them out at a level eight are now at a level four in their life. Cause there's a lot of things that we can't control that angry boss, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a sick parent, things like that in our life that are very stressful, that are, are, are out of our control. So meditation or journaling, vision boarding, um, there's all sorts of things that people can choose from that they just get to have fun with, you know? I like that because then people can really think about what focus that they want to put on versus yeah. feeling dictated by the world around them. Total. And I found too, what's really worked for me and set me up for success because I travel so much, my schedule's chaotic and it's so easy, you know, especially for all your listeners. I mean, millionaire women, right? We're busy. We've got a lot to do all the time. It's yeah. so easy to just wake up, grab the phone, check the email, and you're just off for the day. And so what I've done is the first anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours of my day is my me time. And it changes depending on my schedule and where I am, but it's just non-negotiable now. I don't grab my phone yet and I set my mind for the day. So that could be some vision boarding. It could be some scripture reading and prayer. It could mm -hmm. be a guided meditation. It could be going to the gym and lying in the sauna. It's just something where I am setting my intention for the day, focusing on how Feel, who I want to impact, what ways of being I get to activate in order to do that. Otherwise, I think, oh, I'll get to it later. And I never do. You know how that goes. It's nine o'clock at night. I never got around to stress management or mindset later. And then it's just like a chicken with my head cut off all day and it's on to the next, you know? So I help people have some sort of non-negotiable morning routine that they get to create and have fun with. And it gets to change at different phases in their life. What are the top excuses that you hear that people give you about why they can't? I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time to do that. That's really, that's basically the only excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you tell them then? I said, <laughs> I said, you know, that's BS, but I actually say the whole word. <laughs> Sometimes say, we gotta, gotta just call people out on their stuff, right? Yeah, I say, I don't buy it. I absolutely do not think so. Set your alarm five minutes earlier then, you know, and I'll go into, yeah. what do you, we waste so much time during the day and not even aware of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, that's it. It's not like I'm asking you to meditate 60 minutes. It's five minutes. Set your alarm right. earlier. Yes, you can do it. I'm going to text you later tonight to make sure you did, you know? Sometimes we just need that accountability. Like I'm a master certified personal trainer, collegiate athlete. I know how to train myself, but I had big goals uh, and I can be lazy. So there were parts of my life where I hired a trainer because I knew if I wasn't paying someone to show up Monday, Wednesday, Friday at three o'clock, like I wasn't going. <laughs> it would be, I'll go tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. So knowledge doesn't equal behavior change. And I think that's yeah. why coaching relationships can be so powerful because you understand what you should be doing, but sometimes you need that other person to hold you accountable and yeah, kick you in the butt when you need it, you know? Yeah. What, what do you think it, is it the fear that people have? What are they procrastinating from? I think depending on what the goal is, it could be, it could be fear. I think, especially when it comes to weight loss or other health things, it's fear of failing at something that they feel they failed over and over again. Well, how is this going to mm. be different? I've already tried everything. Um, I think there's also the social component too. Like, I don't want to be the weird one that's asking for 
modifications at the restaurant. I don't want to not fit in with friends and family. Um, you know, there's a lot of food pushers out there. Mm -hmm. Really be bothered when you don't want to have the dessert with everyone, you know, yeah. things like that. So I just don't care now. I'm used to it. Um, but I think that's, that's the scary thing for people in the beginning is to stand out, to be different all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. know what to say. I say, just say, no, thank you. That's all you have to say. Yeah. You know? So, and, and I think people forget that they have the choice still, right? I, I um, my background's Ukrainian, so we have like lots of, you, you know, ham sausage, lots of pierogies and a lot of um, meat and potatoes type of things. And I, and I think about that I don't eat it that frequently now, but when I do, I ensure that all the other meals around it are like salad and vegetables and different things because I realize that a lot of different cultures they also have a lot of you know carbs and it's not that we don't want you to enjoy your culture it's just thinking about you know that same like the cake right you're not doing it every day yeah and people look at me and they're like well you're so thin you're so thin and you're so healthy. What do you know? I'm like, I didn't always used to look like this. I used to be 50 pounds heavier. My dad's side is all from Puerto Rico. And I guarantee you, if I lived in Puerto Rico, eating what my Puerto Rican side of the family eats, I would look a lot more like them because I did at one point, you know, and it is called, my grandma used to come by and grab my, my clavicle and, oh, you're so skinny. You need to eat. You know, and then my mom. That's a universal thing, I think, yeah. from culture She's to culture. So you need, and the worst part was she had Alzheimer's too for a while before she died. So she would feed me breakfast, totally forget she had just fed me. So we ate together, and she'd be like, "You need to eat. You're too skinny." And she would just think, "Oh my gosh, this is never gonna end. I need to." Eat. <laughs> and then my mom's side, which is the California. Oh, you can never be too rich or too thin. I'm like, I can't win. One side. <laughs> is just going to hate the way that I look, you know, but yeah. the point is, is we all have different genetic potential versions of us, depending on where we live, how we treat our bodies, how we eat. You know, there's a lot of different ways that I could look and feel depending on the choices that I make, the culture I grow up in, you know, the, the native foods and stuff. So I still love Puerto Rican food, but I eat it during the holidays and not all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah big difference in being able to be selective and choosing and knowing what's coming. Yes. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I remember one year I experimented, you know, making sure my nutrition was on point. And many people will say that they'll put on weight during the holidays where I actually lost weight during the holidays. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> it was just more mindful. And I know that that mindfulness plays a huge role in making those decisions from moment to moment. But I love how you talk about, you know, use your body like you did as an experiment to really learn your body, listen to it, and be able to make choices that work best for you. Might not work for everybody, but having that personalized, customizable approach like you do, um, I think is outstanding. Yeah, it's, it's really the only thing that works long term. You know. And that's the key. What do we want long term? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of these diets that people put themselves on, you know, they're doing it for three, six, nine months. And then, you know, a year later, they actually have doubled the weight that they lost. And they're frustrated and move on to the next diet and the next diet. 
when they really got to step back and examine the patterns that are going on, the mindset that's going on, what their belief system is. And I love that. And being a transformational health coach, I know that that's something that you need to look at when you're assessing them where they're at and where, where do they want to go? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say to everyone listening to, to be careful with any of these products. If you feel like you need to buy the latest shake or potion or, um, meal replacement in order to lose weight, those companies are designed to have you be a repeat customer. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not in their best interest for you to really learn how to do it on your own. And so it might be fine for like a quick thing on the go, but you know, just just say slim fast, for example, Um, you know, you, you do it for three months, you have your two shakes, which by the way, it's chocolate milk, essentially. It's just awful. Read those ingredients. You'll be shocked. And then a, you know, a healthy, sensible dinner. So the weight comes off, but you never really learned how to do it in a healthy way. So of course, no one's going to drink slim fast for the rest of their lives. So just like you said, the weight comes back on mm-hmm. double because now you've messed with your hormones. You didn't do it in a healthy way. But then next time that wedding rolls around, you think, gosh, I got to lose 30 pounds. Oh, I did it with slim fast last time. Now you're a repeat customer and they just keep making tons of money. You know, So find a coach to work with find a a health education class to take on nutrition, find something where their business model is not based on recidivism. That's step number one. (laughs) You know, you're on the right track. Eat real food. Yeah. Yeah. So thank, thank you so much. Like you've got me thinking like just so many different thoughts right now. Um, But I'd love for just have a couple questions not related that I'd like to ask all my guests. And I know because you're a lot like me when it comes to nerding out on things. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one of the books that has impacted your life and the direction you've gone? Oh gosh, I have so many. I was going through my Kindle the other day and I just thought, oh, I just love books. Um, I really like Brendan Bruchard a lot. Mm-hmm. High Performance. I can't even remember the name of the book. High performance habits. High performance habits. I was going to say high yeah. performance. I use his planner too. And I, I really, really like it. I really like that one a lot. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm such a nerd. They're all health books. Yeah. What would be one health book? Probably not one I have on my shelf. So I'd love to hear about something that I don't have. Um, my friend, Dr. Nisha Winters, cause I've gotten a lot of cancer referrals recently. It's the metabolic approach to cancer. So I think that yeah. that one, she's healed herself from stage four ovarian cancer. Wow. With the ketogenic diet, removing sugars. Um, and it just, I think that hits home for me because of my mom with the cancer. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been geeking out on that one. I have a lot of cookbooks, things like that. I'm trying to yeah. think of maybe a, a global one that your audience could relate to more. Um, I've been reading a lot of, honestly, I'm kind of a nerd too. I've been reading my Bible a lot recently. That's yep. my favorite book. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's probably the, the number one. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. And it's not unusual to hear that as a top book. Yeah. Probably one of the best sellers in the world, right? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? 
Oh, to, to live rich from the inside out is to find, to find your passion and to go for it, to live with purpose and to really, to live with intention in everything that we do. I think it's so easy to just get on autopilot mode mm-hmm. and to just start kind of letting the day work on you versus you working on the day. We are all so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit. And I think even if it's just watching the smile that you can make with that person in the checkout line or buying a coffee for someone else, really understanding the impact and the ripple effect that you can have in the world around you all the time. And when you realize that it's like such a fun game, you know, for me, that helps me realize like, it's my responsibility to not be in a bad mood today and to be grateful and to go out and to live purposefully and to create um, joy in the lives of everyone around me and in my clients and in my family and in my church. And um, yeah, I think that's what that means for me. Awesome. Awesome. So now I want you to share with everyone, how can they stay in touch with you, learn more about working with you and uh, so much more? Yeah, they can email me directly at maureenvincenti at gmail. And then also my website's maureenvincenti.com. Um, will there be links below yes. or should I spell? Okay. Yes. My name yeah. is kind of a cluster to spell. So I <laughs> be easier. Just, yeah, click on my website. I have some free gifts people can download too, like a fat loss workbook. And I also have a peak performance for male executives checklist or stay in touch, join my community. I'd love to hear from everyone. And I'd love to hear everyone's input on that sugar film, including yours, Deborah, once you watch yes, that. Yes, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> so good. I can check that out through Amazon then, right? Yeah, it's a video. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list for to watch in the next few weeks here. And I will get back to you on that. Cool. I love it. Thank you so much, Maureen, for coming on the show, sharing your words of wisdom. Um, I was excited to have this conversation with you, um, sharing some of my own experiences, but I loved learning about yours and what started you on this journey. So many things for people to think about, you know, the excuses that you come up with, the, you know, how simple it could be just to have a clear mind five minutes a day realizing that maybe your insomnia is linked to your blood sugar, right? So all of these things that can help people live richer, but also having improved their lives, their businesses, as well as the way they lead every single day. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was very fun. (laughs) Great stuff. And for everyone else, that's a wrap of the Millionaire Woman Show. We'd love for you to go over to DebraKazowski.com. You can get your free download of a three, uh, it's a mini video course, Making Habits Stick, to keep that focus and consistency in your life so that you can put those habits into place to build success around you. I'd love for you to go over to the Millionaire Woman Show or your favorite podcast player on iTunes to give us a five-star high five, rate and review the show, Share with us how you've enjoyed this episode. I want to share with Maureen. And um, we always want to know what you learned, what you're taking away, what are you implementing? Because, you know, knowledge is great, but unless you're putting it into action, it doesn't mean anything. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And my wish for you is always go out and make today great. (music) 